Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers. We are here with the amazing author, Adrian Monson. That's right, she writes paranormal romance. For those of you that like that stuff, those of you that don't like that stuff, tough. You're just going to find out about it because it's awesome. It's amazing. So, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I like being here. And now, just kind of describe your books because you're going to do them better justice than I can. <laughs> just plain simple. Sure thing. Yes, I have a vampire trilogy. It's not at all remotely like Twilight. So awesome, even better. That. Off yeah. to a fantastic start. Well, thank you. <laughs> Actually, my publisher started marketing it by saying these vampires do not sparkle because you know they don't. <laughs> even better. I'm liking this even more. I am so very proud of your publisher. <laughs> well, thank you. Anyway, so there's the Vampire Trilogy, which has gotten, you know, that's what I'm most Mm well-known for. And then there's a book called Eyes of Persuasion, which is a genre mashup of historical and paranormal romance. Ooh. Yes, it's actually quite fun. I like historical fiction. So, sorry to interrupt you, but... No worries. um, Where in history is it it set? It's like 1800s, England. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's a so very historical that Jack romance. Jack the Ripper type era. Uh, yeah, or a little bit. It's that. a little before that. Okay. Yeah. So vi- definitely Victorian England. Yes. All right. Yes. Nice. I can see some fun stuff going on there. Yeah, very. It's fun. like almost Penny Dreadful a little bit. I don't know. Have you sort of. I mean, she's her character is in high society. Okay. But she's psychic, so Ooh. you know, there's a nice twist there. Okay. So, oh, hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> The fun that can be had there. But then at the same time, is I'm just picturing like 1800s Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you have the vamp- you have a vampire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is the name of that anthology? The Blood Inheritance Trilogy. The Blood Inheritance Trilogy. And when did you publish the first volume? The first volume was published in 2013. And... Um, I've actually, I just got my rights reverted from my publisher, so I have republished the first volume in December, and the second one actually is getting republished this weekend. So for those of us who don't know, like me, what does it mean to have your rights reverted? So when I signed on with my publisher, I gave them the rights to sell my book for me. Mm -hmm. They did all my cover art, they did all the typesetting, the interior, and the formatting and that. 
And so when the rights got reverted, I took all those rights back. So my publisher has no more rights to my book. So this means that you can exercise the right to develop a film or a series. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. So what kind of plans do you have for your rights? Well, like I said, I'm, I've just republished them. I did new cover design, new interior design. Uh, the books are even different sizes because I like the other size better because I'm silly that way. What size do you prefer? I prefer 5 by 8 oh, Size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. awesome. Well, no, uh, I mean, that's really cool that you were able to get those back. I, you know, I do, there's some horror stories out there where it takes authors years to get them back or litigation sometimes. Yeah, yes. So the fact you were able to get those back, that's that's fantastic. And then, not only that, you're actually doing something with it. You're yes. getting it back out there. You're re-kind of imagining it the way you wanted it. Yes. how the publisher wanted it. Yeah, hitting better markets that, that I, you know, fits more my target audience. Mm-hmm. My newsletter list has already grown quite a bit since I've nice. republished, so that makes me happy. And I am talking to somebody about doing film for it, too. Ooh. That is extremely exciting. It is. Vampires are kind of, Vampires are something that seems that it comes in waves. They it come does. and go. And I don't know if it's coming back as zombies are exiting. Because that's what it kind of feels like. Well, you know, I kind of noticed that as well. In the mid to late 90s, vampires were all the rage. Zombies were almost a joke. You didn't really talk about them. They were throwaway. And now our entire pop culture, especially on the sci-fi horror side, is just replete with zombie everything. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, I love that scenario. I love post-apocalypse. I love survival. Mm -hmm. But vampires true to their mythological nature, have <laughs> an eternal, enduring allure to them, right? Oh. There, there's, something, there's something permanently seductive yes. about being a vampire. Especially if they're done right. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen in film and in books where they've been done not right. Yes. I mean, I know a lot of people love the Blade movies, but once you had the weird tri-jaw vampire thing, I checked out. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. Yeah, you know, sparkly vampires. No, no, right. But to to be fair, mm-hmm. there are an audience that love. But that they're stuff. You're right, oh, and, that, and that's the yeah. fantastic thing about having all these different things is there is an audience that loves it, and that's awesome for them, and they love it. Mm-hmm. And and that's what is so amazing and wonderful about writing and movies. And that is there is that creativity to change something into your own design, and then you find people that really love it. I mean, for the Twilight fans out there, eat it up. Go ahead. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that does beg the question, which audience is going to love the Blood Inheritance trilogy? Now, that's a good question. And my audience is primarily the same kind of audience that loves uh, Vampire Diaries on WB. Okay. So it does hit that audience of Twilight, the, the crossover from Twilight. They can enjoy that, too. I've had a lot of people compare my book to Twilight. And they liked both of them. If you had to assign um, an age limit or a movie rating to your trilogy, in terms of content, what rating would you accrue? PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in terms of um, in terms of uh, more aggressive or adult language, how far does the writing go? You know, the adult language is actually pretty tame. Okay. It's the content is very mature. And there's a lot of action, which is really what ultimately takes it up to the PG-13. There is some steamy romance, but that, again, 
is like, yeah, it's PG thirteen ish. Not really right. anything higher than that. It's really the violence. <laughs> well, actually, I I appreciate that. I'm a parent, and I love to indulge in this kind of entertainment, but I don't want to expose my children to things that they're not ready for yet. And I don't sure. want them, you know, mm-hmm. to see certain movies and shows until they're of a more mature age where they can kind of handle that content. And so I ask these questions to kind of figure out, okay, so we know personality-wise what audience will appreciate your books now, what age group will appreciate sure. your books. Sure, sure. And that, it does come down to the maturity of the reader. Um, there are some 14-year-olds that have emailed me. They love my books and stuff. And there are other times when I've done a book signing at Barnes & Noble and the mom will ask me these same questions that you're asking mm-hmm. and, and even more. And then she'll just decide, you know what, I think she needs to be 16 before she can read your book. And I'm okay with that. You know, I don't want, I actually wrote it for more uh, the new adult genre, which is college age. So I'm not trying to hit the YA market. I just tend to kind of skirt over that line a little sometimes. No, I mean, honestly, it's better when a parent does that. Because then you don't have a parent that comes back to the next book saying, I can't believe you wrote Mm -hmm. this and my daughter read it. I mean... My daughter, when she's reading, she's 14, and I can tell every time she's got to one of those steamy romance sections, and her, <laughs> her face blushes, and she goes bright red, and she just kind of, <laughs> she gets closer, and kind of like she's hiding behind the book. I'm like, Is she one right. of us gingers, too? All my kids are gingers. All your kids are gingers. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, what part did you get to now? N- n- nothing. I'm like, right. <laughs> I mean, you can tell, but... and. and there, that's that weird, awkward age where you're starting to take notice of sure. that. Sure, sure. But at the same time, you know, if it's clean and it's not like gratuitous, it, it's absolutely it's nothing yes. more than they're seeing on TV, and it's not so inappropriate. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you shouldn't be reading this." Yeah, so you exactly. find yourself, you find yourself living in the trilogy that is the Blood Inheritance trilogy. Which character is your best friend? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question. Well. There's the main character, Alicia, would be my best friend just because she would protect me from any harm or danger, but I don't necessarily love her personality. How's that? Oh, <laughs> excellent. So, so I'd use her basically as a friend. How's that? So you're my friend to protect me, but man, your personality sucks. <laughs> now, well, I don't blame her. You know, she had a hard life. Admittedly, I have not read this trilogy yet, but sure. I'm super interested in this. So do we do we see in your book the kind of dichotomy that we see between, like, the mortals and the eternals? Or is it more of, like, a, a civil war? What kind... You gave us the time period, but what's going on with Leisha? Well, this is actually modern day now, this one. Sorry, the other one was the time period. Oh, excuse me. No, you're yeah, just fine. That was the- just don't want you to be confused. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, this is modern day, and there's a battle going on between immortals and vampires. And so book one introduces you to the characters and also gives you the backstory on how vampires came into existence through, like, voodoo accident, basically. Nice. And then, I like that. Yeah, thank you. And then they tried to fix it by creating these immortals that don't live off of blood. They're basically like humans, but they heal incredibly fast so they can stay alive forever to hunt down the vampires. So mm-hmm. so we have I a vampire versus too. hunter mythos. Yes. yes. And but both are immortal. Yeah, Correct. Both, both are immortal, but can be killed. Yeah. Yes, right? you can behead them and they're gone forever. What kind of research did you put into uh, the background for your book to establish your mythos? 
Well, I made up a lot of it from my brain. Great job. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there were maybe the names. So I wanted to make sure the names were, because it takes place in Africa. The original vampires mm-hmm. and immortals are from Africa. So I wanted the names to be fairly accurate there. And I, I definitely um, researched the areas where it takes place, because they travel a little bit in the books. Mm-hmm. In all three books, they're sort of all over. So... I interviewed people who had lived in the areas and looked up whatever I could find online and made sure it was, it was a semi-accurate so there presentation. So no, there were no voodoo studies. There were no, <laughs> no experimentation. So I don't have to worry no about... No blood taste I don't groups. have to worry about a doll at home. Man, that interview sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that tonight, just so Yay! you know. Yay! No. <laughs> I already made my doll of you, too. Sweet! That is scary. <laughs> so, um... Now, because you don't really like your main character's personality, was that hard to write that character? Or did you kind of find it fun and liberating to write that kind of a personality? It was fun, actually. I mean, she's just hard as nails, and you can't really get to her. Although she has her vulnerable sides, too. We see Mm -hmm. that in the books, of course. Um, she, I didn't tell you guys this part, but when she became a vampire, her husband became an immortal, like, you know, back in the day. And so there's there's a whole nice little bit of Man, marital problems. Yeah, yeah, two thousand years of being estranged. How's that for? <laughs> <laughs> Still married? Well, you know they don't really do divorce in Africa two thousand uh, years ago. So till death do us part. Now we're both immortal. Now what? Right? And that just brings like marriage problems to a whole other <laughs> another level. I mean, who cares about the dishes? <laughs> there, see, this book One is to make every vampire, couple feel better about themselves. To kill you. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Honey, have you seen my sickle? <laughs> it's like things you never expect to hear. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so now in many vampire uh, legends, vampires are somehow, for whatever reason, sterile. They can't procreate. They must, they must basically pass on the vampiric element to someone else to, in a sort of sense, propagate their species. Mm-hmm. So in your mythos, are they able to have children? Yes and no. Their metabolism is so fast that um, men are sterile. Women can get pregnant, but because their cycles move so quickly, there's you know nothing that can really penetrate the egg to fertilize. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So then what happens when you introduce a, a mortal individual into the mix? Yeah, the mortal wouldn't be able to impregnate a vampire woman. Interesting. She's done her research. Remember that. She's already got it planned out. Right? right. I did. I'm so happy I was prepared for your question. (laughs) Could you tell I thought that one out? So you mentioned your first and second book going into reproduction. I'm sorry. I should not say reproduction after talking (laughs) to my children. They're going to reprint, right? Yes, yes. Um, So then the third book, uh, do you have plans for that one as well? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's coming out next month. So I'm just putting them out a month apart from each other. And, and I'm, I'm working on new titles this yeah. year, too, to push out. So I want to get these ones out and then move on and work on the new things. And, and the nice thing about this, if you're, you haven't read it, you can get the first one. The second one, you can get. And then the third one's next month. You have the whole trilogy. You don't yes. have to wait. There's nothing more annoying than having to wait for the next book. And normally it's a year or two out. So you can get all three books, like, within a month. Yeah, Which this, is awesome. This is to make up to my fans. I actually got in a lot of trouble because my first book came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. 
and my publisher was going to publish the second book in 2014. They pushed off to 2015. Oh, wow. Mm. And my readers were emailing me all the time. They're like, so when's the next one? I go to a conference, and all my fans are like, is the next one out yet? Did you bring your next book? And I'm like, uh, no, sorry. You have to wait <laughs> another year. Yeah. So, and when did your third book hit the racks? It was the year after. It was 2016. 2016. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we are in 2017. We're going to get a reprint of the entire trilogy, mm-hmm. and you're working on a new title. Yes. But not, not for this trilogy, necessarily. Correct. It's a totally new series. Totally new wow. series. Yeah. Do you have any plans to spin off a new series from the same Blood Trilogy, Inher- or I'm sorry, Blood Inheritance Trilogy? No worries. I Not at this time. I did leave uh, the ending open for one of the characters. If I already know what happens to mm-hmm. her. Like, it's in my brain. But I don't know if I'll actually take the time to write her story. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a short story. Maybe it's a novella. Yeah, I could do a novella. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I am legend too. Yeah. I am also legend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So what made you decide, you know, because you grew up, at some point in your life, you're like, I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. When did that moment happen and, and why? Well, I dabbled in writing since I Become, became a lover of writing. You know, I, I read passionately when I was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Never stopped. I was voracious. So about that time is when I started to dabble on the computer a little bit and write these dinky little short stories. Uh, but I never got serious about it until I became a stay-at-home mom. Okay. I, I did have the concept for this vampire story when I was graduating high school. And I was even writing it. Mm-hmm. But I, it just kind of fell by the wayside. I was working in a corporate office, so that took priority. And, and creativity drains away and disappears. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, been yeah. You, I mean, you're working 12-hour days. Mm-hmm. You just don't – I didn't even have time to read at that point. Yeah. And I quit my job when my son was six months old. And suddenly I had all this time because he was a good sleeper, <laughs> one of those babies that you just love to have. Don't worry, we made up for it with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so I had all this time to read, and and I got passionate about books again. So that's when I decided to rewrite that one that I started nice. for my senior year, and things have taken off since then. That's that's amazing. Uh, no, and, and that's what's really cool is you know you got back into that love and that desire, and then you've been able to write this, and now mm-hmm. you have other ideas wandering in your head and yes the question is is there enough time to write all those (laughs) that is a great question i ask myself that every day (laughs) uh you make time you Mm -hmm. just have to you schedule it in i wake up early before my kids get up in the morning to have like an hour or two before i have to you know do the mom thing yeah and then my youngest is in afternoon kindergarten so i block out that time if people try to schedule me in that time I just say, sorry, I'm working. I call it work. It is work to yeah. me. This is my job now. Yeah. So you just you make it happen. But even then, it doesn't feel like it's enough time in the day. Okay. So what type of writer are you? Are you like a panzer that just starts and as it develops? Or do you plot oh, yeah. it out and bounce all over? Discovery all the way. All right. Good. Yeah. Sweet. I don't know what I'm, I'm getting myself way. I'm into. I'm the same way. Are you? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't understand how people are like, yeah, I wrote this chapter and this chapter. Oh, 
I wrote the end and then I figured the rest out. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't do that. I did, I'm going along the ride. The Me story. too. Yeah. I'm I'm linear and I get into the character's head. And yeah. so for me, it's following the character's journey. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what will happen because it depends on the character's choice at a certain point oh, yeah. of events. You know, there's a fork in the road and I can't choose that unless I'm in the character's head along the journey with no, them. No, I completely understand. I mean, I was writing, when I was writing my novel, um... I'm like, okay, that guy is going to die. I'm planning to kill him. And then I'm writing along, and the other guy died. <laughs> I'm like, huh. No. Oh, well. Right. <laughs> Let's try going. It's the Jesse Pinkman effect from Breaking Bad. Yeah. For oh. those who don't know, Jesse Pinkman was supposed to die in the pilot episode. Yeah. But they decided to put it off until the second episode, and then when they got the fan reaction, they're like, no, let's just keep him around. Yeah. And then he became like, the end game character. Yeah, so. I, it's, it's just really interesting because like that, I wasn't planning on that, and I think it, at least for me, writing feels more real when I do it that way. Agreed. You know, I've tried doing the outline, I've tried doing the plotting, and all that. It just it never worked for me. And it makes the story more alive because it's not something you completely contrive. It's something that takes on its own mm-hmm. impetus, its own yeah. ability to decide, and. There may come that moment as a writer where you start writing stuff you wish you weren't because of what it means for your characters. Oh, yeah. But it's part of their story, and you have to honor that. You yeah, do. No. It's true. Your characters are speaking to you, and you have to go with what they want you to do. Yeah. yeah. So I, oftentimes writers will basically create characters that are caricatures of some personality aspect. Sure. Do these characters reflect you? I'm sure they do. I did not create them on a conscious level to be me. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. However, you write what you know. And so I know myself and my personality and my personalities, I guess, better than I would know somebody else's personality. So which character reflects you that scares you the most? Hmm. Probably Rainwa. She's she's an immortal and... I keep wanting to swear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tough as nails, this woman is. Um, She's kind of got like a teenager bad attitude, though, which I I think I I shouldn't have that kind of an attitude, but I tend to have that attitude sometimes. Hey, I think we have our moments. Right. (laughs) We all do. I'm a redhead. There is a temper there. So what about that character scares you, then? Her negativity. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like to be positive. I like to think positive. And, yeah, she's, <laughs> she is as negative as you can get. Wow. She allows all the things that's happened to her to keep her bitter and she holds grudges and stuff. So then is Leisha your avatar? Mm, no. Actually, it would probably be Samantha, who's uh, – she's like a another main character. This but this trilogy pretty much has two main characters. Mm-hmm. There's Leisha, who's the vampire and then there's Samantha, who's, uh, when you meet her in the first book, she's 16-year-old. She's a human psychic. And her visions take her to, to Leisha to rescue Leisha from a government facility where her father is experimenting on Leisha. So, so yeah, Samantha's really more, more of that role. Excellent. The more I hear about this, it doesn't sound like a romance. This sounds like an awesome movie. <laughs> it sounds like a really awesome story. I mean, you've got the government experimenting on someone. This girl that's psychic going to rescue. Well, and there's also... I have an affinity for books that have titles of one word. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the first book is Dissension, and the second book is Defiance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the third book's title? Deliverance. Deliverance. All D titles. Mm-hmm. All yes. one word. All awesome. Well, thank you. I do like those titles. So, because we're running out of time, and to wrap everything up, where can the listeners find your books or find you? Uh, right now, my books are only on Amazon. They will be going to wide markets in about, well, by the summer. Okay. Uh, so you can find me on Amazon. I have a website, adrianmonson.com. I'm on Instagram under Adrian Monson, Twitter, Facebook. Everything's under Adrian Monson. Nice. So very simple. Uh, will they be able to find you at any signings or conventions anytime soon? Oh, I am doing LTUE mm-hmm. next weekend, which stands for Life, the Universe, and Everything. Which is awesome. It is very, very I'll be fun. There. Yes. And it's in Provo, and they will be doing a book signing on Friday night, I yes, think. Yes, Friday night, yeah. Yeah. Whew, I almost forgot. It's okay. <laughs> it's Friday night. Yeah. yeah, Friday night. So I'll be there, um, and I will be at Fanex in March as well. Sweet. In Salt Lake City. That'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited for that. Um, lots of crazy. <laughs> I'm going to meet Stan Lee. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Isn't it going to be great? Yeah. I'm going with my Captain America show. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're going to have him Scott sign it? Scott McKay and I have got a photo op. And I think McKay's getting the, the Hulk gl- fists, and Scott's getting, I don't know yet, like the Iron Man hand or web shooters. I'm going to collect a jar of my fanboy tears. <laughs> Are you going to be there? I'm hoping I can make it. I'm hoping. Uh, I've heard that this is Stanley's last yeah, he's, time around. He, this it? year is his last year. Yeah. He'll actually be at Emerald City Comic Con like two weeks before that, which I'll be up there. Nice. Um, but I don't know if I'll run into Stanley. But maybe. But you're going to have a photo awesome. op with him. I will March. have a photo op with him and Weird Al. Which would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you post those on your website? Yeah, every time. Sweet. Yeah. But I don't Can't know. The it. site guys are going to be there. So right, yes. I might have to get a photo up with those two guys, because that's going to be awesome. Who doesn't love that show? It ended with an Oingo Boingo song. <laughs> it ha- it's just, yeah. Just skip the weird musical, and it's awesome. Nice. Well, Adrian Moss, uh, Monson, excuse me, Moss. Adrian Monson, thank you very much for being with us. Yeah. Super excited to read all three of the Blood Inheritance trilogy books. Thank which you. Which you can find on Amazon for fourteen ninety nine, and they have been rated at four and a half stars. Sounds fantastic. It does. You're, you're like the pitch man. I am. Right? Can it's I just awesome. take you with me? We're to the next interview. You Deal. can do it for me. That sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, you just do. Gingers that. unite. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, everyone, go find these books. You know, even if you ha- are not too sure about them, check them out. They are great books. And everyone has one of those people in their family that love these types of books. So, uh, and if you're a fan of Twilight, here's Vampires. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they don't stop. <laughs> All right, with that said, we're out of here. Thanks. <laughs>